Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Job chapters 28, 29, and chapter 30. And um, this starts off with Job in chapter 28. And it's really, it's really poetic, um, the way that that he's describing um, uh, uh, the way that people search for fine jewels and search for treasure, and you know they they uh, they dam up streams, um, they carve inside of rocks they you know and it just gives us a great illustration of just really thinking of how much natural human effort goes into uh, trying to find treasure and of course we can take that back you know to, to really any time period you know you can think of pirates and you know the danger and how difficult it was to sail you know out into the ocean and, and look for treasure or to hijack other boats and rob what they've got and you can go that far you can go to the you know the old west and you can think of cowboys running around chasing after each other for bounties or you know you know you can you can go to just about any time period and you can find where people have gone through great lengths to try to arrive at something precious um, something valuable you know, in present day, you know, maybe it's it's not immoral, but there are still great measures that men, men and women take to try to, you know, arrive at treasure. Uh, you know, the the sacrifice of their time. You know, they'll give up precious hours and they'll pursue, um, you know, education and degrees and promotions and. They'll start companies and and uh, they'll join businesses and you know they're but what are they what are they you know striving for a lot of times in all this they're just striving for money they're they're striving and chasing after um, uh, something that's precious to them and so Job talks about that in chapter twenty eight and he says you know they they're they're overturning mountains by the roots you know you you must in today's time probably one of the most valuable you know commodities is is gas or oil and you think about the extent that they go into and drilling and and uh you know really looking everywhere for where can we find oil and, and how far can we dig down and you know because it's of such value that you know people will, will stop at nothing to try to get it you know, and um, so he uses kind of some examples from things that he had seen, 
But he says, but the thing of it is, is they're using every resource and every ounce of energy they have to find what they believe is precious. Yet, none of it is worth anything in comparison to wisdom, right? He's like, there's the topaz compared to wisdom is nothing. Diamonds compared to wisdom is nothing. Money compared to wisdom is nothing. Stature compared to wisdom is nothing. And, and again, this is, you know, I, I find that Job is a very similar book to um, uh, Ecclesiastes or Proverbs, either one of Solomon's writing, especially Ecclesiastes, though. Um, because Solomon speaks out in Ecclesiastes and he basically says a lot of the stuff that Job's talking about. But Job said it, interestingly enough, Job said all, Job said all this in a low place with nothing, right? Job said with nothing, the only thing worth anything is wisdom, right? But Solomon said from a very high place in Ecclesiastes with everything that nothing was worth anything except wisdom. And so we should take that, and that should speak to us powerfully between the hill and the valley, that the only thing of any value is to have wisdom, which is to be able to choose our steps, to perceive, to understand, to have value from our life, to have purpose. And, you know, Job goes on in chapter 28 and he goes, you know, no one understands it. God's the only one that knows where wisdom can be found at. He said, you know, some know where to find, you know, onyx. Some know where to find sapphire. You know, some know where to get gold from. But nobody knows where to get wisdom from. It's a total mystery to them. And that's true for our world today, isn't it? Nobody seems to know where to find wisdom. Nobody, know, nobody knows how to give their life any value. Everyone's kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall as far as that's concerned. Some know how to make money and some know how, you know, to uh, uh, achieve success by the world's present standards, which is always constantly evolving. Success today and success 50 years ago are different. And guess what? If we're still here in 50 years, success is going to look different by the world's standards um, then as well because it's constantly changing. But the Lord is always the same. And He has His own standard for what wisdom is and what a life well lived is. And so Job says, you know, God's the only one that understands it. He's the only one that knows where wisdom is at. And uh, so he goes on and he said, behold, this is chapter 28, verse 28. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. And so he, he, he kind of concludes at the end of this going, you know, and this is exactly the same thing that Solomon said, right? He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They, that, that's the starting point. There is no wisdom until we've arrived at the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is something that you really don't even hear talked about a lot anymore because we've just we just lost the understanding of what that would even mean but it's the reverence it's the respect of the lord it's it's the way that a child should be towards a parent children should fear their parents now when we say that we think 
you know, in today's time, you go, well, that sounds horrible. It's not that when they, when the parent walks into the room that the child trembles or when the parent lifts up his arm that the, that the child flinches. It's not that they're victims of abuse. It's that there's such a deep um, admiration. There's such a deep respect. And they truly know that my parent knows what's best for me. And my greatest desire is that they're pleased with me. And so I have a fear that I would misstep or I would step out of line and I would, I would somehow lose their approval or that I would do something that wouldn't make them proud of me. And so I just have this fear that, that, that I, I don't want to be against them. I always want to be for them. You know, and um, that, that's what Job says. He goes, until you get that, there is no wisdom. And that's 100%, church. Until you get to the place where all you want is that God is pleased with you and your greatest desire is that you're always going the same way that he's going and that you're never going against him until that becomes your greatest concern. You don't care if you're, if you're a success in their eyes or if you have a lot of money or if these people are pleased with you or if those people are pleased with you. There's no wisdom in any of that stuff. You'll never have any wisdom, meaning you'll never understand what's the purpose of your life. What talents do you have? Uh, what's the meaning of your days? You know, uh, where should you go? What should you do? You know, man, man searches for those things, right? High and low and deep and wide. It, 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 we're not going to find them, though. Because we'll take guesses at them and we'll take stabs. But there's no wisdom until you get to the place of where it's like, you know what? Lord... I want what you want. You get to that place where Moses got to when he stood on the mountain and he said, unless you go with us, don't make us leave this place. Right? He said, I don't care about the promised land that much. I don't care about the milk and the honey. I don't care about the, about the land of Canaan. I care about you being pleased with us and you um, being where we are. And that's fear of the Lord. I have a respect of the Lord. And so Job says, man, that's it. That's the beginning of wisdom. And, and I just think about it and I think, man, isn't it crazy how, how desperate we are to search for wealth and how desperate we are to search for success and for approval of other people and, and how desperate we are to... Um, pursue you know oil and gold and precious stones and and all these things you know yet are we desperate to pursue the lord you know are we are we desperate to pursue god because he's the he's the holder of wisdom there is no wisdom except in relationship with him in friendship with him you know, and Job begins to speak in chapter 29 about how he yearns for when there was a friendship with God upon him. And how that with when there was a friendship with God, he felt like everything that he had was blessed. But now he feels that the friendship between him and God is estranged. And so he's lost the blessing on his house. Right? And this is essentially um, what Satan had asked was that the, the hedge that, the, that was around Job be lifted and that uh, Satan could test him and try to get him to turn on, on God. But even though he's lost 
all of the blessing that came with the friendship of God, he's not lost his faith or his fear of God because that exists outside of blessings, right? And so because Job just has this, this submission that the Lord's ways are higher and greater than mine. And now he talks in chapter 29 and chapter 30, and, you know, he, he, he compares and contrasts what his life was like when he had the friendship of God versus what happened after he, you know, he began to be um, tested and attacked. And so he, he compares the two and how respected that he was versus now how um, despised that he is. And, you know, he, he just kind of goes back and forth and, and he's just he's just sharing his heart about how difficult it is and, um, you know, how much how much he hurts. And uh, yet he's crying out for help, you know, because he just he said he just can't help it. He has to cry out with help. Not that he's you know, not that he's um, not that he's sovereign over God. He's made that clear. He, he, he's made it clear that, that I trust you, God. But he says, I can't help but cry out to you that you could restore the friendship that we have. You know, and Job's very wise because he understands that everything that he had was by God. Everything that he had was, was through God. You know, and what he feels, I still believe that Job's greatest heart cry and what hurts Job the mo- the most is he feels the separation and the distance between him and God. And that's why he says, oh, how I yearned for when there was a friendship between us. But now I cry out to you and you're nowhere to be found. Right. And so, again, I still believe Job is very prophetically asking that he could be friends with God. And he could have communion with him. And he knows that as a byproduct of that communion, there will be restoration and blessing. Right? But that's not what he's yearning for. What he's yearning for is just the companionship of God and the person of understanding and sympathy. And that person is Jesus. Right? We know that Jesus came to be friends of sinners. He has, we have friendship with God through holding of Jesus' hand. Okay, that's where our friendship with, with God comes from. Job's ultimate heart cry, church, in all of this is always Jesus. Oh, that someone would stand in the gap between me and God. Oh, that someone would defend my case. Not that I'm worthy of being defended, but if only God would look upon someone else to be a mediator between the two of us. Oh, that I could have right friendship with God and I could walk with Him because I know holding His hand that there would be a blessing released upon my home and upon uh, my stature and upon my friends. You know, Oh, 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 that someone could understand my pain and my struggle and not just wag their head at me like all my friends have. Oh, that someone would really know my heart. Only someone would truly know if I'm innocent or if I'm guilty or where I need to change. Because you remember all of his friends are just shouting at him all these, all these things that he should change and that he should do, but they're not right about any of it. Oh, that someone would really get me, Job asked. And so just to, just to summarize today, I just want to leave us with the reminder that Job, just the same as Solomon, filled with fear of the Lord and wisdom, whether they were in 
on the mountaintops or they were low in the valley. They both yearned for friendship with God and the wisdom that can come only from walking with Him.